Dummy. Yeah. Yeah. Who are you to, to, to doubt El Dandy? Who are you to, to, to doubt El Dandy? Who are you to, to, to doubt El Dandy? Determined to make me talk over this music, aren't you? Determined to force me to enjoy it. Fine. Hi, everybody. It's hashtag Russell Files. Hi, how are you? Oh, wait. Go ahead. <clears throat> I can't hear them. Justin, I can't hear them. Oh, hey, look over there. It's hashtag Russell Files, Justin. Oh, that's me. I introduced you early so you can talk. Yeah. How are you? And hi. I'm happy. And what? Liv got drafted. This <laughs> music was played on Monday. Oh. She was the very last pick. Uh huh. She got picked. She make an appearance? Is here? No, not yet. Still a secret? Still a secret. I know she's got blonde hair. I see it on Sarah Logan's Instagram. <sighs> so she tells us. Uh, never mind. Hi, I'm. Uh, I'm not getting sucked down this hole with you again. This is ridiculous. It's not ridiculous. Hi, I'm. Mm, mm. <laughs> hi, I'm hashtag Russell Nate. It'll be okay. Uh, hi. I guess I'm gonna have to go into actual Facebook to see the like uh, the chat. Yeah, this is fine. <laughs> oh dear lord, look at us! Ridiculous. I like the Halloween theme, Justin. 
Mm-hmm. Very nice. Which is uh, fantastic because my head looks like a giant pumpkin. You've gotten so slight. Look at you. Uh, thanks. So I, I meant that complimentarily. Should I sit further back? There's like no, no amount of perspective that's going to make us look anywhere like similar species. Damn. Brian, damn. Just he lost a few pounds. He a few, right? Look at him. It's ridiculous. You want a sandwich? I'm fine. I don't need no sandwich. <laughs> I'm fine. Don't, yeah, don't go, don't go, don't. Go. Confident Justin is a, is a disturbing thing, and great. Uh, well, also disturbing. Must admit to that one first. No, I'll do nothing of the sort. Ah, oh, Justin. Let me see if uh, I need to give a little bit more of me. Huh? I love me some me. <laughs> Ew. You want to do this? Hmm? Do we want to do this? I'm scared. Why? scared i get scared as evidenced by you not being here for two weeks <sighs> this is more discussion to be had off air probably i'm having some i'm having some i'm having some hard times please, hard please times! don't don't just because i say the damn words doesn't mean you have to ju- i know you know word for word please don't put your hand no put your hand in mine do not, daddy. Put, your, do not put your hand out to them don't put your hand out in his if you see him in person, fine. Put your hand out in his. Oh, what was that? Let's bump. I'm pumped. Really? Liv got drafted. We're okay. about to talk to Jimmy Jacobs. Oh, dear God. Terrified. You're scared. Of course I'm scared. I'm always scared. <laughs> That's one of the first things we're going to tell him. Hmm? That I'm scared? That you're scared. Uh, okay. Should I dial him up? You ready? Well, no, nah, I'm fine. Hold on. Hold, please. What? The- what? Why are you listening to me? Why have you ever listened to me? All right, I'm Today's dialing. I'm dialing. Oh yeah. Mm. Hello. Oh, oh, ladies and gentlemen, Jimmy oh, Jacobs joining us. Yes, here I am. I gotta tell I gotta, you before we jump before into we this, this. Nathan's, Nathan's scared. scared. Well, yeah. Oh well, yeah. This is. A, of course I am. <laughs> I'm easily scared. It's, no, please don't take it personally. It's just uh, I. I, there, I, I there's get nothing to be scared of. Mm-hmm, that's exactly what I hear every time. <laughs> and there's nothing to be scared of ever about anything. Mm-hmm. Life is fatal. You're going to die. <laughs> you. This is it. Wait, wait. No, those are the things I'm scared about, though. Those are the problems that are. Oh, no, but yeah, of, co- of course. We all have this fear of death, and the, the fear of death creates all these like idiosyncrasies and mm-hmm. these uh, functional neuroses. You know, we've created things like religion, and we've created uh, all sorts of different things to try to. You know, we, we get married, we have kids, we try mm-hmm. to procreate. We, we have legacies, all these things to try to avoid the fact that, yes, someday you will die. So it's okay. You can be scared, but it's all right. You're going to die someday. Oh. You should just face that. But see, and this is the thing, though. Like, number one, he's being legit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you know this, Nathan, but he does uh, that Jimmy Jacobs doesn't know podcasts. And this is a lot. This is the main reason I wanted to have you on the show, uh, because I love the pod, man. I'm not trying to kiss ass because I got you here. I think it's absolutely wonderful. I appreciate that so much, man. Thank you. Thank you for listening. I'm enjoying doing it. Uh, but I, I do want to start here because obviously you're a professional wrestler. Your your background is in professional wrestling. So I want to start with this. What is professional wrestling? Uh, I would say professional wrestling is a, a sort of like a, a, a performance art of uh, simulated uh, uh, action, simulated, simulated fighting, uh that you use to tell a story and create an emotional bond with people, or hopefully entertain them to the point where they pay money to uh, to see it. 
So a few years back, let's put a, a time frame here. A few, a few years back, you get fired from WWE. So let's, uh, let's put the timeline, the pick, the picture with bullet club, the firing, uh, the sobering up. What's the, what's the timeline there? Yeah. So I, I went to rehab in, um, like April 29th of 2017. And then I got fired. I, I took the picture of the bullet club, like the end of September of 17 and I got fired like a week or two later. It, it was like it, October 5th. So it, it didn't, ha- it didn't take long. Uh, but, but I, I believe that. So between, uh, between sobering up and, and being fired, I believe you said, and I, I don't mean to misquote you. This is actually the best thing that's ever happened to you. I mean, yeah. Uh, it, yes. I mean, it, it all started with, with my girlfriend breaking up with me. And uh, you know, that's something I still still struggle with. But you know, you also have to go. Oh, thank you for doing that, because that's really the catalyst that led me to sobering up, mm-hmm. which led me to getting my head straight, which led me to, uh, you know, getting fired from WWE, which led me here, man. It's great. Yeah, I mean, you you, ha- you have to you have to appreciate your your um, your misery and your suffering and your pain. I know while you're in it, it seems like it's. Uh, you know, this, this pointless suffering, it seems like it's this unnecessary thing, but, uh, suffering and pain is ultimately like what you go grow from. It's ultimately like when you come out the other side of that, you come out better than you went in. Uh, so I have a certain appreciation for, for any of those, uh, those difficult times. Oh yeah. It gives, it gives relief. The good times aren't as good without the bad times being as bad as they can be. They're they're inextricably linked. Oh, yeah. Like if, if if everything was good, then nothing would be good. Mm-hmm. Like we 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 conceptualize things uh, through through contrast, right? You wouldn't know what good was if there wasn't bad. So they're inextricably linked. Really, they're the same thing. Implicitly, they're different, but explicit. I'm sorry, explicitly they're they're the, they're they're different, but implicitly they're the same thing. And and. Like basically always, I mean, the story of humanity, like, you know, humans connect with stories so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you ask any person their story, hey, what's your story? To tell me a story that's important to you. Tell me something that's important to you. The story about yourself is important to you. Uh, the story will be something about something bad happened to them. Either their life was good, something bad happened to them, and they came out the other side better than uh, they went in when, when, when the bad thing happened. Uh, that is just the human story. We, when we, we, um, we, we identify with that so much. That's why there's Act One, Act Two, Act Three. That's why in a wrestling match, there's the the shine, the heat, the comeback. I mean, it's it's a uh, it's a bit formulaic, but it is. It works. What? Uh, yeah, it's what humanity is, man. It's why we relate to it. Why we grab onto it. Why we gravitate towards it. It's a. It's amazing. I think there's seven billion of those stories walking the earth right now, and countless in the past. Yes. Yeah. Exactly, man. Everybody's got one, and it's all of that similar. That similar storyline, that story arc. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I try not to lose sight of that anymore, and try to, you know, appreciate that. Because like, like the first thing is, like, you talk about, ah, this sucks. You know, you know, the girlfriend broke up with me. I went to rehab. Or I got fired. Like, this sucks. Like, we have no idea what's even good for us in the first place. Mm-hmm. You know, we think things are good for us that aren't. We think things are bad for us that aren't. And things aren't all good, or they aren't all bad. There's some sort of combination of the two. Uh, so really the problem, I think, comes in when we start to label things. We label things as good or bad or, or whatever. It's just like, just if you observe things for, for, for what they are and just say, okay, this is happening, uh, it makes life a little uh, clearer. Yeah, you get a lot of people trying to keep score instead of enjoying the ride. Oh, so 
uh, kind of along that that conversation of of labels uh, uh something you're kind of coming to grips with is not even i mean the, you're trying to find chris really uh especially with with the pod but um in trying to find who chris is is it helping you find who jimmy jacobs is or are they completely separate at this point in your life i mean the the thing the thing that i found is that they're just they're just both characters and they're both characters from from a different uh you know from different aspects of my life um it, it where i've come to it's helped me not take any of it so seriously like i don't take uh chris seriously i don't take jimmy jacobs seriously i just don't take any of it seriously because it's all it's all just like a, a a fun like life's just life's play you know that's what it's taught me it taught it taught me that life's play it's not permanent uh it will end mm-hmm. and uh so just just enjoy it and don't take any of it too seriously and so like if, if somebody were somebody were to say well who is jimmy jacobs we always we all kind of go to that well you know he's a pro wrestler he's the zombie princess like are you having an easier time like letting go and not being okay with not having a definition to who who Jimmy Jacobs is or I mean I guess what it comes down to what I found is that there there is no Jimmy Jacobs there is no Chris like it doesn't exist you know it's just a character that I've that I've created a, an identity that I've made up just like we've all made up our identities mm-hmm. we have these when they were talking about stories earlier we all have these stories we tell ourselves about ourselves we can say oh I'm a pro wrestler I'm smart I, you know, went to college and I, uh, you know, had these parents and I have a brother and uh, when I, you know, I had to, I was too small for wrestling, but I did it anyway and I kept working hard and, and I was addicted to drugs. All these are just stories, man. They're just stories. Uh, and it, it's like, it, it's like, it's not real. It's just like a part of a character you play, you know? So when it comes down to it, it's like, you know, what, what is Chris? It's like, okay, let, let's say I'm smart. You know, I used to think I was really smart, right? And they uh, go, okay, you're smart. And you know, I go, okay, fine, you're smart. Then who are you when you're stupid? <laughs> okay. go, yeah. Well, are, are you not yourself anymore? I was like, well, no, I'm still myself, but I'm just, I'm stupid. I go, okay, fine. So you're smart sometimes, you're stupid other times, and you're everything in between. So really, you're all of it, which means you're none of it. You're neither smart nor stupid. You just are. And you can kind of go through that with any sort of attribute. And then you can start to look at other things and say, hey, I'm, I'm a pro wrestler. I'm, I'm this or that. And it's like, okay, who are you when you're not a pro wrestler then? Who are you when you're not professionally wrestling? Who are you when you're, you're doing this? And you realize there is no constant of you. There is no constant you. There is no you that is unchangeable. There is no you that there's a core that uh, in, in, inside. It's just this ever sort of changing thing, a thing that's pretty malleable that you can manipulate sort of however you want. And anyway, how you define yourself, it's always to in relation to other things as well, which means like you actually aren't you in the first place because you are, if you if you want to define you as, as something, uh, it ends up being where you define yourself by other things, uh, which means that you are these other things. You're labeling yourself, therefore you're, you're you're negating your worth. You're 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 cutting off ninety percent of what you really are. When as soon as you identify yourself as one thing, well, well, you can identify yourself as a million things, uh-huh. but but it's just like you can't identify yourself. Like if if I say uh, who's is Justin and who's the other guy? Nathan. Hello, Ethan. Ethan. If I say 
if I say Ethan, you know, who's Ethan? What would you respond with? Oh, I'm sorry. It, 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 it was it was Nathan. Nathan, sorry, Ethan, Ethan, yeah, Nathan. You're sorry. Nathan. Okay, who but are you when you're proves, not named Nathan? I, I think that proves the point more. Yes. Yeah. No, but who, so who, who's Nathan? Would you say? Oh my God, you you asked the right one. Like you, yeah, you <laughs> you you've hit me at a weird dark time in my life too. So man, I am I am struggling with that question daily as 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 parameters redefine in my own life. So I I have no idea in this moment. I I I. I, I <clears throat> I think the best answer is I'm here. I've made yeah. it to this point in time in this yeah. in this moment of existence. That's it, dude. Mm-hmm. That is that is it. You hit the nail on the head, man. Like everything else is like everything else is made up. Everything else is changing. Everything else is here and there. Everything else, like I said, if I want to say uh, I'm a professional wrestler, what I'm saying is I do something outside of me. If I say I'm a person that breathes, it means there's oxygen that was the outside of the inside. If I'm a person that sits, I'm a person that sits on a couch. If I'm a person that walks, I walk on the floor. If I'm a person that's loyal, I only know I'm loyal because at some point there are people that are unloyal. So I don't know that in comparison to other people. Basically, you can't define yourself with just yourself. There's nothing about you that is only you. It's like you doing something in the universe. Like you are interconnected to the universe. You are the universe, really. Uh, which means you're, you're everything and you're nothing, which is awesome. It's great news. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you say, I'm here. It's like, yes, that's it. That's all you can know. All you can know is I am. That's it. That's the only thing. When you clear out your mind, you clear out everything, and, and it, it, it is just you, you realize there's one thing you can know, and that is I am. You have consciousness. You have awareness. That is it. Now, how much is does this journey do you uh, attribute to your sobriety? And... Do you find that it's easier to remain sober, like losing that label of, well, you know, who is, who is Chris? He's, he's, he's a sober guy, like not having that. Does it make it easier to just remain that way? So the, the sobriety is a funny thing because sobriety ended, ended up just being a label too, man. Mm-hmm. So I went to rehab and, uh, as soon as I got a rehab, I was like, oh man, I want to do acid. Cause acid, like, look, man, if you guys do psychedelics, I don't know if you have or haven't, but it's, it's not the same as the other stuff. It's just not. And uh, so, uh, right after I got rehab, I oh, man, it's, I want to do acid. It help, help me. It helps me, you know, uh, connect to the universe and, and all this sort of stuff. And I go, oh, no, I shouldn't. That maybe that's the addict in me talking, right? And so I waited. I waited a whole year, and finally, after a year, I went, all right, you know what? I'm just, I'm gonna do it. And then I did it. And then as soon as it kicked in, I went, ah, man, I wish I had done this six months ago. <laughs> and I was like, I, I get why I waited. And I'm glad like I, I didn't do it flippantly. Um, but it was like, and, and, and when I was there, I go, let's like, of course, you know, being sober is just another, it's another false identity that you create for yourself. You like to have this thing where you go, I'm this many days sober. I'm this many days clean. And then it becomes a character that you start to play, right? And you go, that's just, that's just fake too. I'm not, I'm not my sobriety, right? I am not that. That's not me. Uh, so that's not to say I, like, I, I do psychedelics like I would say once, once a month, once every other month uh, to – you know, connect with the with the universe, connect with my higher self, however you want to say that. Uh, and that's just a tool. It's a tool that, you know, maybe I'd, I'd use less at some point. I, I'm not sure. Um, but it's just uh, it's just a tool sometimes I, I use to, to recalibrate and to 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 see to see the person I want to be and to see the universe uh, how I would like to see it in a more abiding manner. 
But you want those ups and downs on and off of it at the same time, too. If you're on it all the time, you wouldn't get the relief of being off of it or uh, being able to have that contrast between the two. Well, well, you know, psychedelics, they're, you've never done them before? I have not. I have not. But I've been around those that have, and it's been an interesting experience just, just being close to and around it. It's fascinating to watch from the outside, but I've, I've never partaken myself. We're squares over here, man. Sorry. No, that's, 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 that's all right. It's great. Um, yeah, so psychedelics are non-addictive, right? Mm-hmm. Unlike, you know, like opio, opio, opioids had me by the balls, right? Oh, yeah. Like that yeah. just, for 12 years, that just had me by the balls and just on and off and just addicted and just, it just, it ruled my life mm-hmm. every day. And yeah, it, it, dictate, it dictates what you're going to do. It makes you do the things you wouldn't normally do to get back to serving it. Yeah. It, 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 it's awful. Um, mm-hmm. Psychedelics are not like that. There's a thing just on the 60 Minutes uh, this past weekend where Michael Pollan was on there talking about how they use, you know, uh, psilocybin or they're, they're doing um, uh, studies on psilocybin uh, using, using it to treat uh, addiction, actually. Uh, you know, Bill W., the founder of uh, AA, uh, famously used LSD. I mean, it's, it's, it's got – it's not to be used flippantly, but there's something going on with them uh, that they have quite the um, – potential you know yeah but in that that also breeds fear in people that oh we can't control it we don't know exactly what it's doing so we we're hesitant to partake and or let others partake and that's that's where you get the uh, the the fear from the outside of the use of it yeah and you know they they really outlawed studies of it was in the yeah. 1960s i believe with you know Tim Leer, timothy leary and all that stuff mm-hmm. uh, but they, they recently uh started doing you know some studies selectively with it which i think is a is a step forward and they're becoming let's say they're becoming mainstream again but they kind of are you know you got joe rogan on his podcast you know constantly talking about that constantly talking about you know dmt and and things like that so um you, you can only uh hide from this expansion of consciousness uh for so long uh and again i don't want to you know put put these drugs on this this pedestal uh but um they've been they've been beneficial in my journey i'll say that so uh, speaking of uh psychedelics some of the conversations you're having over on and again i'm I am here to put Jimmy Jacobs doesn't know on a pedestal. This is a great wrestling podcast that is not about wrestling. Okay. Uh, You had a a discussion with PJ Black maybe a month ago, I think. And, you know, if anyone who doesn't follow the independent scene, maybe just watch WWE. He wrestled there as as Justin Gabriel. Um, Just a wild conversation did you know that going in the kind of conversation like the the you guys went into the weeds man man i had i had no idea i had met pj in passing you know over the years but i didn't know him well at all um and i i had my friend sort of set up this interview and she said uh you know he's got dmt too if you want to do that which i had tried it before a few years back and so i definitely wanted to try it again which i did which was just insane by the way just absolutely like the most intense um experience of my life just i don't know where to begin um but yeah man pj is just fascinating i had no idea you know i knew he was like a 
you know, he he jumped out of planes and did like you know base jumping and that sort of like thrill seeking stuff. And I sort of expected to talk to him about that, which I don't think we talked to uh, talked about at all. Yeah, barely, uh, so if any. Yeah, I don't think like almost at all. Uh, it was just he, he he studies and he reads all these books and he's into all this like awesome stuff and and seeing the world in a different um, in a different plane than than most people do. And that's that's sort of where I'm going. It's like. You know, there, I think there's something more out there, right? I think there's more than what we experience. There's more than what we see. And, and, and it's like, what is that thing? I mean, I was just reading the other day that the, the human eye can see 0.0035% of the electromagnetic spectrum, which mm-hmm. means that like 99.9 something percent of what's going on around us, we can't see. Which is crazy, right? Yeah, and yeah. we can only hear within certain certain decibel or certain decibels or whatever. Um, we can only you know smell certain within certain things. It's like mm-hmm. there's so much we're not sensing, and you gotta figure like there's ways to sense the universe and to sense existence that we don't even have those capabilities to. You know, I, I talked to Seth Rollins about this, but it's like. You know, for for a long time when when animals were around, like there were no eyes. There were no such thing as eyes. Like animals, like they went around, they smelled things and whatever. And then at some point, some grew eyes. And it's like, wow, this thing called sight exists. Like Mm -hmm. if you were some sort of slug before, uh, you had no idea that things could be seen, that like uh, uh, visuals were were a property of of the universe. And so it's like, well, what are other properties of the universe that we just haven't d- developed a sense for yet? And so it's like there's something else out there. There's something else going on. And it's really neat to come across somebody who knows who's like further along that journey than you are. And uh, PJ was just uh, super interesting, man. So, I mean, on that, do you think there will be a time, obviously not in our, probably not in our lives, uh, maybe it'd be neat a couple generations down, but do you think that is something that will develop in the human uh I guess to to make it simpler uh, in our lifetime, or do you think that's way further down the line? A, a, a sixth sense. I mean, you're, you're talking about you know, you know, we we evolved through through millions of years of evolution. So I mean, who knows uh, what a, what another sense would take to evolve? Um, you know, or may, maybe you know, sight and sound and smell and taste and uh, touch are the only. Uh, the only attributes of our universe it just feels like it would be convenient if we just had all five and that was it like yeah. like there's no other ways to sense what's going on around us and maybe uh, one of those things that we don't have we just haven't had a way to define it yet that weird well, little, that weird little tickle in the back of your neck everyone knows it everyone's experienced it everyone's felt presences but we don't know how to define it or explain it to someone else or communicate through just the words that we have the these weird thoughts that we have so we can't define it to someone else. Hey, have you ever felt this thing that I can't define? Mm-hmm. It's hard to get a yes back on that. So yeah, it, it may be there. It may be right on the cusp of it. Yeah, there's so much. There's so much going on, and I think it's. I think right. I think it's arrogant when people think like what we know is what is. Yeah. It's like, oh, dude, definitely. get out of here, man. Get out of here with that. So oh, yeah. people are just completely skeptical about anything. It's like, hey, man, be skeptical. Of course, you know. Uh, but 
I mean, how 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 often throughout humanity have you know scientists and people in power you know thought that they had the answers? I mean, you got to figure you know about let's say half of what we know now isn't right, oh, yeah. uh, and, and the other half is just you know surrounded on all sides of, uh, with what we don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's one of those things. I always say, I, you you find those people that think they know everything, they immediately. Cut your, they've cut themselves off from learning anything new. They're immediately unopen to anything new, and they'll never learn anything new. Uh, if yeah. they, everything they know is everything they're ever going to know at that point. The, yeah, which the only is, which way is to, yeah, the sad, only, no? yeah, exactly. The only and the only way to get smart is to realize really how dumb you are and be yes. open to being made smarter. I'm yeah, stupid. I, Teach me. Learn that's me. it, man. Mm-hmm. And the um, you know, the biggest thing over the past two and a half years, I'd say, mm-hmm. the biggest thing for me was not what I learned; it was what I unlearned. Ooh. It was like stripping away everything that I just took for granted and just, just assumed to be true. You just assume that like what you see is what you get. You assume things are what they mm-hmm. are. You assume that things that you've been told are true. You, you know all these things. You just assume, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's served me thus far in life, so it all must be true. It's like, yeah, no. You know, when when I lost me, you know, when, when that went out the window, I was like, oh, it's all up for grabs. You know, there is no me. Great. Now what else? Oh, yeah. You, you ask that question why. And the only answer you get back is, I don't know. It's always been that way. Or I don't yeah. know. It, it, that's just kind of the way it is. If you don't get that real answer, then, yeah, you you know, it's it's full, full of crap. <laughs> Well, I guess that kind of tied into professional wrestling just mm-hmm. a tad. Uh, the the tagline for our show, we're hashtag WrestlePals, and it's your weekly dose of dot, 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 stupid. And this kind of ties into what we were just talking about. Uh, our approach to watching professional wrestling is, number one, know that we're stupid. Number two, know that it's stupid. And you yes. just watch it to watch it, you know, and let it entertain you. Uh, do you think that... Again, I guess just kind of keeping it to professional wrestling. Do you think, because a lot of people bitch about it, man. I I don't know how much you pay attention to that. But uh, do you think people would uh, be better off to kind of like take that approach of, well, with anything entertainment, really? Just let let it fucking be? I think people would be best to take that approach probably in life. Look, I don't want to say what's best for people, and I probably I probably sound like a maniac to a lot of people out there uh, the way I'm talking. But you know what? Yeah, like, that's their problem, I, not yours. I don't care at all. You know, it's crazy to be at a point in your life you're just like, hey, I don't care what people think because people are just they, – they they're, they're me. They're the universe. They can't hurt me. They can't uh, fill me more than I'm filled. They can't harm me more. It's just like uh, – it's great. Uh, but, um, you know, I, I think – if you look at life, just like, hey, man, things are what they are. You know, if you look at entertainment, like things are what they are. It's like, look, if you want to sit here and criticize everything, like, cool, that's fine, dude. Like, like that is your right. When people, you know, bitch about stuff and when they complain about stuff, and they put down stuff. It's like, man, that is totally your right to do that. Like you can if that's how you want to live your life, if you want to be a person that goes online, complains about things or antagonizes people or is a troll or just or whatever these things that people do or, or nitpick stuff. If you can't find enjoyment in it, like what, what's the point in it? Mm. You know, if you can't find enjoyment in wrestling. What's the point? If you can't find enjoyment in life or entertainment or whatever. What's the point? It's like, find like, it's not serious. Like wrestling's not serious. Life's not serious. Wrestling certainly isn't serious. Like wrestling is like a play within a play within a play. Oh. You know, if, if, 
if this world is an illusion and society is made up and money's made up and wrestling is a business and businesses are made up and then it's in like a, a make-believe world and then you're like make-believe fighting with make-believe characters that were created by the make-believe character that you created when you were born uh, that your parents helped create. Like it's like, it's all just, it's like made up with a made up, made up, made up, made up, made up. It's all fake. It's all, it's fake, 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 fake. It's the fakest thing in the world. And uh, it's nothing to be uh, upset about. And look, I've gotten upset about dumb stuff in my life. And I probably still get upset about things about wrestling every once in a while. And then I remind myself, oh, it's just an illusion. But sometimes the illusion is strong. Uh, but yeah, man, like, what's the point in being angry about something? What's the point in being just bitching about something? If, if, like, if that's how you want to live your life, it's like, great. But it's not how I want to live my life. I know that. Oh man, yeah, but with that perspective, if they're that upset about that, if they're if they're that torn up and need to nitpick and need to crap on somebody else's opinion about it, with that, how are they in the rest of their lives? How are they in their their day job? How are they with their family? How are they in whatever level of reality they're trying to exist on? It, it just yeah. it just seems seems kind of sad. Right, and, and look, man, no judgment. If, if that's what gets you by, mm -hmm. you know, if that's where you find like you know purpose and meaning, and, and like watching something and, and thinking, picking it, maybe maybe that that works for you. Uh, I don't know. I'm not those people. Um, but you know, we have this thing. Uh, you know, we have like a you know people that are happy will will find the happiness in things. People mm -hmm. that are uh, malcontents will find uh, a way to not be content in things. People that are grateful will find a way to be grateful. People who uh, are dissatisfied and want to bitch will find a way to be dissatisfied and bitch uh, no matter what they're doing. So Absolutely. It's, it's like how, how you do one thing is how you do everything. Mm -hmm. Well, then I guess that kind of brings me to uh, you briefly mentioned people hopping online and, and bitching about stuff. How's the flip phone doing? I gave up. You gave up on the flip? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, it, it, like two and a half, three months. And then about a month ago, I was like, yeah, sorry, experiment over. <laughs> well, it, it, I mean, some some days, even with our stupid smartphones, it's difficult enough. Oh, I don't have signal. And again, it's one of those ridiculous things to bitch about. But uh, yeah, I, I can't imagine at this point in my life going back to a flip phone. So. You said two and a half months and then it was over? Yeah, the experiment was over. You know, I'll, I'll say this. It was nice in that, like, here's the thing. I still had my my old iPhone that I could use, like, on Wi-Fi, right? So if I was home, I could still, I could still like, you know, play on my phone, which didn't help me. But once I, when I was out of the house, it was great because then I didn't have this thing to pick up. I didn't have this thing to check when I'm in line or check when I'm, you know, just we do that, right? You wait in line. Uh -huh. I was in line at uh, Target earlier, and I'm like looking on my phone. I'm like, God, what am I doing? Um, you know, that that sort of stuff. Um, or, or if you're in a locker room and you don't, you know, you're not talking to anybody, so you pick up your phone. You feel awkward. You feel bored for just a second. You pick up your phone. Uh, so it was nice. It was nice in that. It, it really, it really was. Um, I mean, it's, just, it's 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 probably about balance and self control, really, when it comes down to it. Um, but uh, it, it it was a hindrance in that, like. Uh, I used you know, the map app a lot. Uh -huh. uh, getting places ended up being difficult. Uh, you know, Uber and Lyft that ended up being difficult. Uh, you know, th things like that. Uh, I'm glad I did the experiment, but uh, yeah, it's over. You miss a lot of life on your phone, which is crazy because that's where everybody tries to catch up on life. Yeah, so weird. Man. So yeah, uh, man. I'll say I'll say this bit. Like when I went to rehab, mm -hmm. uh, we you know you didn't have a cell phone, and it was just great. It was just 
great not having a cell phone. Uh, and you have, like, we don't have a cell phone or, like, a TV to watch or a computer to play on. Um, the amount of other things you have to do, it's great, man. Like, I, I wrote my journal so much in rehab, like, these great stories and all this sort of stuff. I read books. I socialized with people. Like, I, I was like a human being, like a real-life human being. <laughs> these are all terrifying concepts. Oh, my God. <laughs> Exactly, man. Exactly. But, I, but I guess, like, kind of where you are in life, like, being present is probably more important than than whatever, you know, the likes, as it were. I mean, yes. Having said that, you know, I still get trapped in this thing like everybody else does, man. And I, I'm more aware of it. I'm more, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, conscious of it. But still, like, I'll just, you know, I'll wake up and I'll be by my bed and I'll I'll pick up the phone, and then, I'll, then I'll, an hour later, I'll be like, what the hell am I doing? You know? Another portion of your life slips away, yeah. <laughs> you mentioned uh, a, a little while back when you were talking about, you know, maybe people think you sound crazy. Now, I mentioned this to, to you on Twitter, and there's a conversation. I want to put this out into the ether here as well. Uh, I'd love to hear a conversation between you and Tom DeLong from currently Angels and Airwaves. I would, I'm dying to hear that conversation. What, what, what's his take on life? Well, yeah. So on, honestly, it, he seems to be in a very similar place as you, only he leans more towards like aliens. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. So like, uh, I mean, he's, it's always kind of been there. I mean, it was even prevalent in the times when he was still with Blink-182, but, uh, yeah, just the his take on he again he's leaning more towards into like the government specifically and and they're hiding aliens from us uh, and aliens do exist. Well, and probably I, right. I mean, well, you know, we'd be stupid to think that they don't, right? Uh, yeah, it's like very arrogant to think we're the we're the supreme intelligence in the universe because I've like, seen us. We ain't that great. How many planets? How many stars? How many galaxies are out there? It's just like. And to think that, like, yeah, just this one. This is the one and all. We're so special. (laughs) Get out of here. But, yeah, again, I just I want to put that into the ether. So anybody who's listening to this, uh, whether you're watching live with us or put that out there. Like, I I don't know if anybody if we have a direct line to Tom. I know he's a wrestling fan. Yeah, I think he he did some. He did like a little vignette with um, what's his name? With Joey Janela, right? Uh, Yeah. Maybe we'll uh, we'll manifest that. That's a thing, huh? Manifestation. So okay, good. Uh, is is that a thing? Do you think? Do you think you can? Man, like I thought it was complete, uh, complete, you know, woo woo crap. Uh, but it's like I don't know. I don't know any of it. Like who's to, who's to say it's not? I mean, if, if if it is such a big thing, I'm reading a book on it now. Uh, you know, maybe it ex- there's people that are successful that say, yeah, this exists, man. You manifest it. Uh, that and would it not make sense that you know your thoughts are what they're? they're it's energy, right? Mm-hmm. And these particles matter as energy, and so that thoughts can impact. Uh, matter and I think you know there's definitely been studies that uh, that show that 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 thoughts can impact matter. The, um, I don't know if PJ talked about it on the podcast, but he, I think later on he did to me. There's like um, 
There was a study this guy did where he had uh, rice in some water, right? He had three different containers of rice and water. And for a month or two months or three months, whatever it was, uh, for one of the cups of rice with water, he would say thank you to it. The other one, he, he would uh, like say something derogatory to it. And the third one, he just ignored. And after X amount of time, like the first cup of rice was like nice and beautiful. And the second cup of rice was rotting and just awful. And the third cup that he ignored, ignored was worse than the second cup. So it's like, you know, like what's what and the, you can see it. There's like uh, videos on, on YouTube of this guy. He's like a, an Asian dude, I think Japanese maybe. Um, it's just like wild stuff, like wild stuff to think that, um, you know, we just assume, we assume that what we see is what we get. We assume that, you know, oh, that's not true. It's like, yeah, I don't know. Uh, so it's something I definitely have my mind uh, open to. Um, man, so stuff's crazy, man. <laughs> like I was reading – like I was listening to something and reading something and like, they're both saying this, like it was in one day I got this, uh, on the, you know, on the quantum, uh, like quantum mechanics, quantum physics or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and look, I, you know, I'm probably going to butcher this, but on the quantum level, uh, you know, I think it's with electrons, but some subatomic particle, uh, they exist, uh, in all possibilities in all places at once until they're observed. Do you know this? There's like a Schrodinger there. It's nothing. Like nothing happens until it's uh, until it's seen. Yes, it, it's it's like it's like they, they they exist in all, all all possibilities, all places at once until they're observed. And once they're observed, then they 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 come to a place. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's just like wild. Which means that at least on the on the quantum level, on a subatomic level or whatever, um, that matter and uh, uh, you know, thoughts have and consciousness have some sort of link. So who knows if manifestation really? Yeah, we can we can affect its level of existence by simply observing it. Or yes, at least, or at least that, that becomes that becomes what the, the truth that we see. What in, the in hell, that dude? What's that? <laughs> what's going on? What's happening here? I just want to know what's happening here. <laughs> but yeah, by just asking that question alone, you make it come into existence. Dude, I look around every day and I go, what is this, man? Can, can you believe this? Can you believe that like, we're sitting here and like talking through a, this computer and like sitting in our houses and they're nice and we're warm and like we have clothes on because we like other people make clothes for us. We have these things in our hands and we use our hands for things. We can smell things because scent is one of the qualities of the universe. It's just like – What's happening here, man? We're on this rock that's like hurtling through outer space, you know, circling a sun because uh, there's a thing called gravity and gravity exists in relation to the, the mass of something. And it's like, what? And, and time is somehow connected into that too? It's like, what? Absolutely man? terrifying. <laughs> Absolutely terrifying. Or? It's, it's, or freeing, yeah. yeah. But you, you grow up as a kid and you, all you do is you look outside and say, oh, the sky is ground, that's cool. All right, that grounds on a rocket. It's flying through space. Uh, okay, hold on. You're orbiting a giant flaming nuclear reactor, which could pull you in at any moment, or will it one day eventually explode, whatever a day is. But it'll do that. It'll just pop out and burn up the Earth. Who knows where the hell we'll be at that time? Yes. So, oh, oh, okay, I'm just a kid. I'm going to play outside. Yeah, dude. Because that's I'm important to me at the moment. 35 years old now, and I am more amazed, and I live in more wonder than I ever have in my entire life. I'm 40, and I just want to go outside and play. <laughs> and, and that's important, too. Yes. Yes, it is. Well, the human the human brain is, like, endlessly 
fascinating just like thinking so uh just kind of tying the last two things together the idea of of throwing out negativity which to me is a complete and utter waste of time being negative um but i mean if, if it's your thing it's your thing uh and the idea of manifestation i try to put positivity out into the world every day even if it's just i do a thing on facebook the hug line um whatever day it is we'll use tomorrow as an example thursday hug line starts here and people post hug gifs in the line and that's a to me a little stupid way to manifest positivity for people yeah Um, and people get upset when uh when uh, for some reason you're banned from facebook for three days and then they're like where the hell is it where the hell is the hug line we need this positivity you created negativity by creating positivity did you get banned from facebook well, I'm it glad. Happens. Yeah, I'm glad you asked. So for th- oh, <laughs> for three days, uh, a couple weeks back, um, when was it? When whenever on SmackDown, Brock Lesnar showed up and F five Kofi. I used a GIF of that, uh, Kofi getting an F five, uh, and it was on repeat. I got a copyright notice from WWE on Facebook that said, "Hey, uh, there's 12 seconds of video on this that belongs to WWE." You can either dispute it or take it down. I was like, well, I'm going to dispute that. And I was just like, it's just a GIF that I used. And they said, yeah, that's not good enough. Uh, you can dispute it again or uh, or take it down. I was like, well, I'm going to dispute it again. <laughs> and uh, long story short, uh, WWE was like, nah, slap, three <laughs> three days, you're done. Mm-hmm. And then he rolled <laughs> doubles and didn't pass go and yep. didn't collect his $200. <laughs> so stupid it happens yeah that's all right facebook who needs it anyway but and you see and that's the thing uh if i hadn't if honestly the first thing i thought of when uh was the hug line the fact that i wasn't going to be able to do that for three days i was like i was anxious about that it that just goes back to that whole conversation the uh, the human brain it's just fascinating why is I didn't care necessarily about Facebook. I cared about the fact that I wasn't going to be able to put that positivity into the world for three days. You know, you know what you do then? You start the hug line in real life. Dude. He does. He does. I try to. <laughs> yeah. Not everybody is as, as open to hugs mm. as you'd, you'd hope. Uh, he was in a different line and a different target and it didn't go quite as well. Um. <laughs> I, I almost got super kicked by Dolph Ziggler once too. That's all right. That's something different. Completely different. <laughs> Happens. Happens. Uh, so, uh, I, I guess my, the point of my my stupid little story there, though, like, you know, we talked about manifestation, but is there anything really wrong with putting just putting positivity in the world, or, or do you feel like that's kind of just on that same wavelength? Is is positivity a waste of time too? No, no. Well, look. Look, everything's a waste of time insofar as it's just like it's just time and you're wasting it. Like it, it, it's going either way. Uh, so uh, you you know, I sort of became like a, a nihilist uh, this this past you know maybe over the past like six months. And but I don't, I don't use that in the pejorative. It's like mm-hmm. It, it, it's this really it's this positive thing where you go, yeah, yes, okay, nothing matters, fine. Um, so it's like if if nothing matters, then what really matters is what matters to you, like what you choose to make matter. So it's like, you know, you can do whatever you want. You can be negative if you want. If that if that's what rows your boat, go for it. Uh, but I think the way to live is 
probably through positivity, probably through gratitude, probably through the recognition that, you know, you and I are the same thing, that we're all in this together. And uh, we are we are all the we are all the universe. We are part of this, you know, one consciousness. And if you treat people as such, uh, the world would probably be a, bit, be a better place so far as the, that there is a better. Yeah, man. So so first things first, you said you've you've kind of become a, a nihilist. I hope you're not peeing on any rugs. No, is that a reference I should get? Okay, that's fine. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, the Big Lebowski. Let's not worry about it. <laughs> I saw it like I, once when I was like eighteen, and I was like, I don't get it. I tried. <laughs> there was an attempt. Let's not worry about it. It's okay, but I, I like I like the idea of uh, nihilism not necessarily being a bad thing. I mean, you're you're free to not worry about the end game. You get to enjoy the ride. Yes. Like where it doesn't matter where this ends. It's like, well, I, I still get to go there, right? So yeah, I'm going to go this way for a while, or I'm going to yeah. go over here because it's interesting to me, or I'm going to go over there because I want to bounce off of that that set of energy and uh, see how that feels for a bit, and see if I can make it better or enjoy my ride better as a result. Yeah, exactly. And like it, it frees you from from so much. Mm -hmm. um, you go great. Nothing matters. Uh, so. It's like what matters to me. I make the things matter. The fact that you know the three of us are we're here, we're we're talking on on your on your show. It means like we all matter to each other, and that's great. So you can fill your life with the things that you want to have matter, and the things you don't, you go yeah yeah, yeah I, I, I'm I'm good on that. You know I, I don't need uh you know you know whatever success to matter to me. I don't. You know, nothing needs to matter. So you're not like bound by anything. You don't have to act any certain way, um, you know, that, that people tend to because they feel like they have to do something because like that's what matters, right? It's like I have to be successful. Like success is what matters in life and they'll do anything and they'll become miserable trying to become su successful. It's like, yeah, once you realize that doesn't matter, you're free from things like that. Yeah, they get stuck chasing that word success and they can't even define it for themselves. Yeah, or, man. Or that's, they're, that's, they're, that's, they're stuck that's, with somebody else's definition of success. They strive yeah. for it, and even if they get it, cool. Now what? Yeah, exactly, man. Exactly. That's the that's one of the biggest like uh, you know realizations, internalizations of this past year was like this this idea that external things you know can't uh, can't be the thing that fulfill you because they, they never are. I mean, they're nice, but um, when you know you talk about something like success, it's like. What's success? You just keep chasing one thing, you keep chasing one thing, you keep chasing one thing, you keep chasing, you keep chasing, you keep chasing it. Like, at what point is that success? You know, and it's not to say you can't go after things, but there has to be a foundation. There has to be that thing inside of you that knows that the thing on the other side is not the thing. The thing you want is not the thing. You know, uh, they did a study. I want to say it was like in the 70s. They did a study of um, uh, lottery winners and uh, quadriplegics, right? People became quadriplegic in their lives. Um, that's a bad and, lottery. Don't sorry. play that lottery. <laughs> What's that? That's, that's, a, that's a bad lottery. Don't play that lottery. Well, here's the thing, man. Here, here's what they found. They found that uh, within, I want to say, three or six months of, of the incident, whether it was becoming uh, quadriplegic or winning the lottery, uh, the, the lottery winners were on average uh, uh, less happy mm -hmm. than they were before they won the lottery. And, you know, happiness is, you know, uh, quantified under you know different sort of things whatever right. and uh and quadriplegics were just about 
the same amount of happy as they were before the incident. Uh, you know, the initial you know month or two w- would be rough, and then they'd go back to the, basically their emotional emotional home, their emotional base, uh, which tells you what, which tells you external things are not the thing. I mean, th- that's it, man. There's always there's always something to do. There's always another thing to be gained. There's always something ahead of you. There's always a, th- a thing you could want. Like you, you never get one thing and go, oh, now I got it. You know, done. You know, Seth, yeah. Seth Rollins and I, we talked about this on, on my episode of the podcast a few weeks ago. And he was like, yeah, basically when he won the world title right around that time, he's like, oh, this isn't it. And it's not. Of course it's not. Yeah, yeah, of course. Of course the thing you thought was the thing your entire life isn't the thing. Like, of mm-hmm. course it's not. You know, <laughs> why would it be? Because it isn't. You know, uh, people want to know, like, oh, how do I get to WWE? You know, I'm, I'm working so hard on the indies, and it's just like, ah, oh, I just want to get to WWE. I'm miserable here. It's like, yeah, man, if you're not happy where you're at, you're not going to be happy there either. Uh, if you're not happy where you are now, you're not going to be happy wherever you are, uh, more or less, you know. Because, yes, nothing external is the thing. The thing is here. The thing is now. The thing is this moment. The thing is you. The thing is me. Waking up is the thing. Like like you said, being here is the thing, right? Absolutely. That is, um, you know, once you realize, like, you're it, like, you're the thing, like, I'm the thing, now is the thing, this moment, the only moment we have is the thing, like, that's the magic, man. Uh, You know, I've used this... um, allegory uh, on my podcast before, but I just I, I'm I'm like obsessed with it because I just think it's so fitting. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the one of the Wizard of Oz where you have you know Dorothy and the the Scarecrow and the Tin Man and the Cowardly Lion. And they want to go home and they want brains and they want a heart and they want courage and they think, oh, the great and powerful Oz is going to be the the thing to give it to us. The great and powerful Oz. The great and powerful Oz. So they go, go down the Elbert Road and they fight the Wicked Witch of the West and they get the, the, the great and powerful Oz, only realize the great and powerful Oz, it's fake, man. It's mm. not real. It's not what they thought it would be. But then they realize the thing they wanted the whole time, they've had the whole time. Uh, it's like you look down your feet right now, man. You're wearing the ruby red slippers. And that's, and that's what life is. Um, you, you can go down the yellow brick road, but eventually, if you're lucky, you, you find out that the thing you were looking for uh, the whole time is you. You're it. Which is great. It's almost like not as much that they had it, but they gained it on the, that journey. Again, the, it was the ride that got them what they needed, or what they really wanted, or what they what they what they were so striving for. They I mean, they had got at some point along the way. They just didn't realize it because they were still. Dorothy had the, the power to go home almost as soon as she went to Oz. She mm-hmm. got the, the ruby red slippers, and it's like you know you, you have it. You've always had it. You've had it from the very beginning. Uh, and yes, you go down the yellow brick road, you go down this journey, uh, but then you, you find out that you've, you've always had it, you know, it's, it's a thing you've always had and you go on the journey to, to realize that you have it. Now, do you think she'd rather have that way home right out of the gate or is she a better person for having had that journey, for having oh, had the story? the journey, man. You go down the yellow brick road and, uh, to, to, to figure this thing out. That's why, you know, people can say all this stuff to you. They can say, uh-huh. Hey, love uh-huh. yourself or, or you're enough or, or, or whatever, we hear these sort of cliches and, and they bounce off of you and they sound like cliches and they sound trite until you actually understand what they're, what they're saying. Um, and yeah, yeah, you got to go down the, the journey. You have to go on the adventure uh, to, to figure that out. Uh, but once you go on the adventure and once you figure it out, then it's like, great, now you can just, now you can play. Now you can walk around your, your ruby red slippers and show them off, you know? Is, is being willing to go on the journey, you think, some sort of form of manifestation then? 
Um, I mean, it's it's how things get done, isn't it? You know, it's 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 uh, I mean, it's less manifestation in the in the mental sense, uh, in the you know the secret sort of sense, uh, and more that like this is what happens. It's like that's it's the hero's journey, right? It's uh, you you go down into the uh, it's the call to call the adventure, and you go down to the the scary abyss, and you come out the other side, and you come out better than you went in. Uh, so yeah, it's like that's that's how things happen is is by going on the journey, by answering that call to adventure, uh, you know, by going out of your comfort zone. You know, we're not in Kansas anymore. Like a good exactly, we're not in Kansas because you can't grow in Kansas. Kansas is just. What you've always known, Kansas is the place you, you've always been to, and that's nice. But like, also, it's nice to grow. You know, it's nice to go on an adventure uh, because it's only in your um, going outside of your comfort zone that growth happens, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> and, uh, on this- there's, this great, there's this great Joseph Campbell quote. I just, I'm, I'm just in love with it's uh, the 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 um, what is it? The cave you fear to enter. Holds the treasure you seek. Mm. I love that one. Yeah, yeah. On the topic of of letting go, because I mean, we I don't know that we've necessarily said it directly, but like a lot of going on on the journey has to be letting go, doesn't it? Like, how easy has it been for you to to let go and actually go on on this journey? And I guess again, t- tying back to the pod, like. Is that helping on the journey, or is this just something fun you're doing along the way? Uh, letting go is one of the most like profound uh, concepts uh, in my life. It's probably one of the most profound concepts imaginable. Um, I mean, anytime there's there's pain or suffering in my life, it's because I'm holding on to something. Anytime I'm stuck on something, ah, I don't know what to do, it's because I'm holding on to something. And you realize that. You realize like we hold on to these stories about ourselves, or these things that we want, or, or whatever. We just we hold on to it. It's just like, dude, let it go. Let it go, let it go, let it go. Um, like Frozen, man. It's, <laughs> it's true. Uh, but but, but that's, that's how it is. I mean, it, it's so profoundly useful. And um, yeah, it's only through letting go of these things you can, I mean, that's, that's what happened to me. It's like, I let, I started to let go of things and I started to let go of not just my, my physical things that I did. I, when I got out of rehab, I, you know, I looked around my house and go, God, I have so much crap. And I, I threw out, I mean, I, I, everything I own, I think can fit in my car now. Mm-hmm. And I let go of the physical stuff. And then I started to let go of the emotional stuff. I started to let go of uh, the stories I was telling myself. I started to let go of like how I define myself. And I was really confused for a while because I started to let go of um, these things. I would say, I would say to myself, you know, I am not my success. I am not my failures. I am not my creativity. I am not my career. I am not my intelligence. I would say these things to, uh, to me because I knew these were like ways I was defining myself that weren't necessarily true. I didn't know what I was at that point, but I, I just knew I was trying to disidentify with these things because these things were trapping me. You know, if, if you're your career, then you're just like, hey, if your career goes well, you're good. If your career goes bad, you're bad, right? Uh, and I just started to let go of the ways I define myself. That was one of the things, um, you know, I, I had to let go of. Then I started to let go of my entire identity. Um, and of course, you, you still you still live in the ego. You still live in the the avatar that you are. Uh, so I, I have one. You know, ha- having having no identity is an identity, right? And um, 
you know, then one of the things I had to let go of was like, you know, like morals and ethics and things that I, I thought were, were real. They're just like, oh, these are made up too. And it's not that yeah, I didn't want to treat people yeah. like, like crap or anything like that. It's just you realize that the idea that, you know, people are, are born with, uh, you know, inherent value or something. It's like that's just a concept we created. You know, like all this stuff, you know, our, our rights are just concepts we created. Uh, so, so none of it's true. Right and wrong isn't true. It's everything just is, you know, and, and so you let go of all, all the things and uh, you, you come out the other end. Now we're people and we're only human. So, of course, you're holding on to some things. But uh, anytime you're, you're trapped, it's like the more and the look and you let go of things. So then you can realize, like, what's worth holding on to as well, I think. You have to, you have to, you deconstruct so you can reconstruct, I think, in a way. Well, and, and I, I guess to kind of add to that point, I, I believe at some point you, you, you said that you had to let go of WWE being the dream, right? Like, cause that was a dream job for you and getting fired could have sent you down having, having it been a dream job. You had it, you had to let go of the idea that that was the dream job right i mean like yeah well it it's it, i started to um suspect it uh when i was in rehab right mm -hmm. it, it i had this sort of clarity in the distance to get a new perspective on things and as much as rehab helped me you know with the drugs like I, i've said this before i just i think everybody should be allowed to go to rehab like once in their life you know i think everybody should get a you know pull in case of emergency 30 days to get away from everything because we don't know the things we're addicted to man Everybody's we're all addicted to like the things in our bubbles right and mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. drugs are not a long-term solution to these things that we're addicted to but other things you know are are a little uh, less overt that we're uh, addicted to and we don't realize it's a problem we won't realize it's a problem until we're you know when in our 50s that we have a midlife crisis or whatever um mm -hmm. but I, it was great rehab was great in that it allowed me to step back and go well wait a minute the, the way i'm living my life doesn't seem to be quite right like i've been dedicating my life to this idea of following my dream but how how noble of a pursuit can it be if, if here I am? How noble of a pursuit can it be if, you know, all my friends in WWE, I mean, I don't say all of them, but like, geez, there's a lot of unhappiness there to say that people are, are content or happy there or, or WWE or, or living your dream is, is the thing that makes them happy. Certainly it's like, well, that's not true. And so then after I got fired, like it just, what I suspected became utterly obvious uh, as I was having like, you know, the, the first like 15 minutes after I got fired, you know, the metaphorical 15 minutes was like the time of my life. It was so much fun. Um, and I was there and I was like, yeah, man, this is great. This is great. Like, uh, you know, I used to be suspicious or even like roll my eyes when guys would leave WWE and say, yeah, they're going to go out there and whatever. I'd be like, why would you want to leave WWE? That's where everything mm -hmm. is. And then there I was, and I got fired. I go, that was the greatest thing ever, getting fired from there. Well, that, that, yeah, that, that's the constru construct of success. Everyone yeah. has that built up. Is that's the end-all, be-all, and where you have to get to. And yeah, that's, that's and a construct really... built by other people, and you strive for it and realize that wasn't what you needed, what you wanted, or what fulfills you at that point. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, I had people you know, probably online or wherever sort of saying, I don't know, defining success by WWE at that point sort mm -hmm. of, uh, framing it like either 
I don't know, like poor Jimmy Jacobs, he got fired or F Jimmy Jacobs, he got fired. He's not in WWE, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, but but framing WWE as as if it's something important that I should strive for or if it's sad, or, you know, a tragedy that got fired or or, you know, whatever. And uh, I realized, wow, um, success. Uh, you can't let anybody else define success for you. You, yeah. you just can't. And at that point, everybody on the outside is looking at you through that prism of the WWE. Meanwhile, they're missing looking at you. And you're feeling like you're in a better place. You're feeling in a happier place. They dismiss that because they're still looking through that other prism. Compar- yeah, yeah, yeah. Comparing you, know, you to, that, uh, to that end goal that they all have. Right. You just assume something to be true, and that's mm-hmm. it. So, so we, all, we all look through um, life through the you know, lens we look at it through. And uh, you know, that was their perspective of it. But, you know, fortunately for me, their perspective doesn't matter. And, and it doesn't affect you. You're free of that. Yeah. Exactly. So this seems to go without saying. Uh, prior to the journey, did you have a rather unhealthy relationship with professional wrestling, which led to the drug use? Um, well, yes. I wouldn't... So what led to the drug use, it started as like a parody of itself. You know, it started like, you know, me and a couple of guys, we would, we would like, we would like jokingly like take drugs and be like, hey, we were like real, we're like old school wrestlers. It was like a parody, you know, it was like you'd parody Ric Flair uh, by, by getting drunk or whatever. Uh, that's how it started. Um, but, uh, and then just, oh man. You know, doing it once a month became doing it twice, became doing it, you know, every weekend, became doing it during the week, became doing it every day. Um, but my my relationship with wrestling was un- unhealthy in that, like, yeah, man, I thought it mattered, right? I thought it re- really meant something. I thought it was serious business. I thought that, uh, you know, this was a thing that was, you know, on the, I had on this pedestal and I was obsessed with it too, you know, it, it ran my life. It was like when I got out of rehab, especially about, you know, I don't know, few months after I got a rehab, especially that sort of reframed things in, in my, in my brain. Like to me, it was like wrestling was like, just like drugs. It was like the same thing to me. Uh, it was both like this, these things that I, you know, uh, centered my life around that I did to an obsessive nature, mm-hmm. um, you know, to the point where it, it did, uh, damage and harm in my life. So I, I, I asked that to get to the other side of it, where you are now, uh, what, how would you describe your relationship with professional wrestling now? Man, I love it, dude. I love it because I don't really care about it. <laughs> uh, that isn't just say I don't work hard at my job, but I was you know working right before we had this conversation. I'm gonna work right afterwards. Um, but because uh, I, I enjoy it, that's it. That's my relationship with wrestling is that I enjoy it. Like it's so funny, man. If I have one regret in my career, it's I didn't just enjoy it more. Like nobody's forcing you to go to go to work nobody's forcing you to do anything like you, you do it because you enjoy it right and so what's the point if you don't enjoy it um so yeah now it's just dude i i concern myself with the things i enjoy and i don't concern myself with the things i don't enjoy like you know i i don't you know i see what's on my twitter feed i don't keep up with rest, wrestling really any more than that I enjoy writing the TV for Impact Wrestling. I enjoy producing it even more. Uh, I love those TV days. I love the, you know, shooting promos with guys and how crammed we are and trying to get it all done. It's like it's exciting and it's fun and yeah, man, I love that. And then 
I go home and I don't watch it. I don't worry about it. It just it exists. And it, it's it's nice. And that's it, dude. And that's and that's great. You know, maybe there's a part of me that goes, oh man, but wasn't it great before when you really cared about something where you had your whole soul and heart and you sacrificed? Like, I mean, I guess if that's the way you want to live, but I'm 35 years old and I don't want to live like that. Mm-hmm. I want to live with some sort of like balance and enjoyment in my life, not having a thing that, you know, yanks me around, uh, you know, whether it's good or whether it's bad, you know, the ups, the downs. And not that there aren't highs and lows now, but it's like, oh, living like that is just like, it was exhausting. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that it's gotta be hard because like you look back at, at the Jimmy who, who cared so much about it. And without that, Jimmy, you can't be who you are today. But at the same time, it's like, don't you wish you could kind of go back and say, Hey man, this doesn't really matter. (laughs) Yeah, man. But I mean, the, the former part of what you said is absolutely right. It's like, yeah, I, I have to, you know, sometimes I think now, I'm a little, uh, probably a little too irreverent about about wrestling. Uh, so yeah, you're right. I, I will say I got you. Got to look back. You have to appreciate, uh, you know, what old Jimmy did. You know, because it got me here. And you got to appreciate, you know, what wrestling wrestling was to me because it was a part of the journey that got me here. Um, and so it's all right. Everything had to happen exactly how it happened, and uh, you have to have an appreciation for that. I'm just I'm fortunate. I'm grateful that now I don't need to live my life. Um, where everything is defined by, you know, some silly guys playing in tights. <laughs> and that doesn't mean you're, you're, you're completely stifled and creative. It sounds like you enjoy the positions you're in now. You get to, you get to help other talent develop. And do you, do you feel like that's a, a more fulfilling in a way when you can give your insight to others and watch it bloom and grow and have an effect on them and see how they progress and, uh, and uh, develop as individuals themselves. Yeah, man, that's great, dude. I love helping new talent and, and younger guys. You know, I was, I still love performing too. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I do it sometimes. I've got a, a almost thirty day tour up in Canada coming up through all of November into December, and uh, so I, I still enjoy doing it. But you know, I was watching the first episode of AEW. I, I caught maybe like the first like forty five minutes or so, and I was watching this opening match with Cody and um, Sammy Guevara or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was watching it just going like, man, I'm so glad that's not me. Like, there's, there's, there's no part of me that, like, desires to, to you know, be in that ring and have that sort of pressure on that sort of big stage and, you know, perform like these like, – these guys now, are, they're so good. You know, these, these, they're so talented. Uh, these, these, this is a whole new generation of super athletic, super innovative stuff. And I was – that was never my thing. My thing was never, uh, you know, that sort of stuff. Uh, so yeah, I, I, it's fulfilling in a different way. I, I think that kind of gets back to the whole, uh, Hey, you, you, you're never going to be smart unless you could admit how dumb you are. It's like, you can never really be as good professionally or as a wrestler, unless you can admit, Hey, these other guys are better than me. It seems like there's like a whole generation of people that just wanted to crap on everybody else and say that they're the best. And as soon as everybody was like, Oh no, this guy's amazing. And I want to be like him. It seems like that's when everything there was like a golden age and everybody got better because they wanted to be like other people and were willing to admit that other people were were good and that they could uh, aspire to be that way. You know? Um, yeah, man. Like the, wrestling's funny and it's like every this happens on every generation, right? Mm-hmm. Every generation looks at the next generation and goes, ah, these <laughs> kids, this isn't what it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Like, 
you know, when I was starting or, or the wrestling I grew up on, you know, if you're my age and you watch like, uh, you know, the NWA in the, in the late eighties or something, you'd be like, ah, they should be doing like this, all the acrobatic stuff now that's, that's BS. And it's like, no man, wrestling was just as fake when Ric Flair and Ricky Steamboat did it. <laughs> they won the young bucks and punch and Phoenix do it. I mean, just as fake. I would just say one is, you know, it's just, they're just different tools to use to tell, tell a story. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I'm at a place where I can look at it all and just go, yeah, yeah, yeah. I enjoy what I enjoy, but I wouldn't even want to try to do, even if I could do some of this stuff, I wouldn't even want to try to do some of the stuff these newer guys are doing. Cause I just, that's not exactly what I enjoy. You know, I'm going on this 30 day tour up in Canada or whatever. And it's all like, you know, it's, it's simple wrestling. Uh, and that's the stuff I like. I like, you know, just being a bad guy or being a good guy and, you know, doing the gimmick and having a few moves and that's it. That's I love, I love house show wrestling, man. Mm -hmm. I, I love improvising. I love, you know, grabbing the microphone if the, the mood suits me. I love all, all that stuff. That's, that's the part of wrestling I love. I love doing. Um, and so the other stuff, it's like, it's like great for those guys. That's all. It's awesome that, that um, there's so many you know talented people and the, and the quote unquote work rate has improved so much over the years. These guys are so good, so talented. Well, we've we've kept you for a good while here. Just a, a couple more questions as we're winding down. And again, I want to bring it back to and I will say this as many times as possible. Jimmy Jacobs doesn't know is a wonderful podcast. If you're listening to this right now, go subscribe. Uh, who so far who has been your favorite guest on on the pod man um you know everybody just has a different perspective on things and everybody it was also like different like a lot of it's like my journey right mm -hmm. the, the the podcast is my journey you know, pj black was i was super interesting um the one with like meg rokel where you know she was like the first person i met that was like uh, was all about like awakening and that sort of stuff and the idea that like we, we are we aren't who we think we are and all that sort of, that that sort of thing and so I was I was so grateful to be able to talk to her um, so a lot of it's like the journey I'm going on and and the different people like I'll, I'll say this like so there's the episode of Sami Zayn which I really enjoy that was really and good and that was like a lot of like questions and then the one with Seth I, I like a lot because it was the most like definitive one. It was like, it was like a continuation of the Sami Zayn conversation and that Sami Zayn conversation was like asking all the questions. And then when I got to Seth, I was like, Hey, here's what I think my answers are. Uh, so I think that's kind of like a, you know, I don't know. Yeah. It's just, it's just like the journey of like, there's a lot of great ones, man. I, I enjoy, I enjoyed everybody. Honestly. I, I have pointed people to the Sami one because because of that question of who are you? That was the one that I kept coming back to. Who are you? Idea of whether we, we create ourselves or we discover ourselves, whether there's something inherent inside of us that is unchangeable or it's all up for grabs. And, uh, you know, going down that road, it's like, it was, it's a scary road to go down, man. Cause you, cause you, you think of yourself as somebody, you think of yourself as these things, how you've always defined yourself. You think of yourself as the identity you've created for yourself. And once you start to strip that away and strip it away further and further and further, 
and you, you cling on to these things tightly. You go, well, yeah, I know, I, I know this isn't, you know, yeah, that, that might, you know, yes, I made that up, or yes, that can change, but no, but there's something in here that's in me. I swear there's something in here that's unchanging in me. I swear there's a thing. Mm-hmm. And it's just like you go further and further and further until you go, wait a minute, wait a minute. You go, it's like an onion. You peel it, you peel it, you peel it. Then at the middle of it, it's nothing. You go, oh, great, it's nothing. And then to to bring uh, up the other episode you were talking about when when you had Seth on, like it, it was a lot about uh, you talking about coming kind of towards nihilism where he had kind of st- stepped away from nihilism, which I I thought was an interesting part of the conversation. Yeah, man, I didn't expect that. I didn't know what I didn't know what I was walking into uh, with the conversation with Seth, which is really exciting because mm-hmm. like we've always kind of been at different ends of the spectrum. Like I was raised religious, I was raised Catholic. And so I always was like sort of, I don't know, Christian leaning, I guess, so to speak. Yeah, I didn't think like that was it, but I thought it was maybe something like that. Uh, and he was always this like atheist nihilist. So I did not know what I was walking into. And to come in there to, to, to have him go like, yeah, well, I'm not so sure there's nothing anymore. And me to go, yeah, I think nothing matters. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just – I. I and it's not to say that I I didn't think he was intelligent. I just I didn't think it, it was going to get that deep. You see the name Seth Rollins, and you just kind of you equate it with all right, you know, and like, it, I, I yeah, exactly, exactly. And it it that one threw me for a loop. Like you have the packaged product you're presented every week, uh-huh. and underneath that, there's somebody there. Yeah, well, yeah. And how far down do you deep? Uh, how far down do you dig? Yeah, and uh, he. It's the first interview I've heard with him where I got to peek at who the hell is it behind Seth Rollins, which was lovely. Yeah, yeah. And I, I thought, like I said, it was a good – it was the first time I felt I had a conversation where I actually sort of put my flag somewhere and said, I think this is it. I think this is what's going on here. Um, so that that's – it was special to me in that way too. And yeah. I, that leads me to – uh, if you could have anybody on the pod, anybody sitting right there next to you, who who's your dream guest right now? Uh, I mean, there's a, there's a handful. I mean, I, I would really like. Um, okay, uh, Pete Holmes, the comedian. I don't know if you guys listen to his podcast, but he's just like uh, he's on the same spiritual journey, and he's ahead of me, and he just wants to talk about all things I want to talk about. So that, but it would just be a sounding board of us just saying the same things to each other. Uh, Russell Brand, he's oh, God, he was yeah. one of the guys that like really uh, helped reshape the way I saw addiction, and he's all on the spiritual journey as well in a different sort of way. Uh, another one that I would be like really interested because I'm really into his stuff, uh, but like how do you say it? it's like? It, well, it's, it's Jordan Peterson. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Jordan Peterson's work, uh, but I mean, like, I'm into all this, like, woo-woo, you know, woo-woo stuff, all this, you know, supernatural or whatever, existential sort of things. And he's very, like, um, pragmatic in in all his, the, the way he talks and all his advice and the way he sees the world. And the way he sees the world, his, his advice and all that stuff, it's brilliant. I think it's great. But it's so, it's so not like what I'm into, I would... In, in a certain manner of speaking, I would love to have the conversation with him, uh, you know, with, with sort of his stuff contrasted to like with where I'm at. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I guess that leads us to where can people find you on the social media? Yeah, Jimmy Jacobs X. You can find all my stuff there. JimmyJacobs.com will have all that information. Uh, 
all the things you need to know if you need to know anything about me, which you don't. But if you do, it's all there. And where can people find the pod? Yeah, man. Jimmy Jacobs doesn't know. I think it's about anywhere you you listen to your podcast. Should be. If it's not, let me know. But uh, I think it's where it needs to be. And then lastly, you you start every episode with a little gratitude. So I, I just wanted to say a little gratitude for you for your time tonight, man. We really, yes, really you. do appreciate it. Hey, sure, man. I'm grateful to have somebody to talk to on a Wednesday night. <laughs> I'm grateful there are people out there that want to talk to me still. <laughs> well, and then I guess that leaves the absolute last question. And you're the only other person we've asked. The only other person that we've asked this was Jake the Snake Roberts, just so you know. Uh, can we be hashtag WrestlePals? Hashtag WrestlePals. How does that work? Well, we just, we're just you, you, me, Nathan. We, we, uh, we're, we're pals now. We're, we're there's, hashtag there's, WrestlePals. There's a I need to make this because I'm uh, I have a fear of commitment. <laughs> okay. Understandable. That's part. All right. Man. Hey, that's still better. That's still better than we got before. All right. Uh, we, we, we can be hashtag WrestlePals. Oh, my God. Yes. Jake Roberts called us a couple Pat Pattersons. All right. He would. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for your time, Jimmy. We really do appreciate it. Yes, and uh, I'm looking forward to to the pod, man. Cool. Thanks for having me, guys. Have a great night. And ladies and gentlemen, Jimmy Jacobs. Jimmy Jacobs doesn't know. I can't, I can't put that out there enough. It, I know like it sounds like I'm washing balls because we had them. But it really is one of my more favorite finds in the podcast world recently. It's different. He's not trying to perform for anybody. No. It seems like it's mostly for him. It's like, hey, hold on. I could pay for therapy, or I could talk some stuff out with some people that I think uh, might have an idea about a uh, thing or two. And, or, and if they don't, I want to know that they don't, so that I can know that I do, maybe. Well, well and it, it's great because, like, he doesn't know, and he's okay with it. Yeah. And it, like you said, that's the foundation for learning, man. The second you say, "I hold, hold, please, uh, can you teach me a thing or two? That's where you can learn. And he does, like you can tell, like in the conversations, he's learning. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm sure if you, it's, it was hard because I was in the moment. Yeah. But I, I would be willing to bet he learned something from us, which is, it sounds ridiculous, but he was having a, he was having a conversation with us. Mm -hmm. I guarantee you he picked up something. That's way better than performing, man. It, absolutely. Uh, and what a dude. And you will enjoy the pod because, much like you know we're dot 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 stupid mm -hmm. I th he subscribes to the same thing just in a different way mm -hmm. so like yeah it's it's the same wavelength except we're a little we end up a little more on the silly end and mm -hmm. he's a little more on the uh exploration end mm -hmm. but it's still the same kind of vibe i dig that so again be dumb it's okay it's it's way it's okay a, it's a better place to start you can go somewhere from there um but seriously though Let's get Tom DeLong on there. I think we need P. Holmes seems that that seems doable. Like I don't, I don't see that being a problem. Like maybe we have to pick up the campaign for him, but that doesn't seem like it would be a problem. Hey, what else are we doing? Mm -hmm. You'd have to like you know open that phone of yours and actually open Twitter and see. I've got this flip phone, Justin. <laughs> right? Yes. And uh, no Twitter on it. It's great. <laughs> Also, no phone numbers. Huh. Also, I don't know where the charger is. Uh -huh. It's dead. But we it will a, get Effie eventually. Makes a satisfying sound whenever <laughs> I close it. You can close it in anger, which is great. Uh, you can't hang up a smartphone in anger anymore. You ever try that? Go ahead. <clears throat> Be angry. You. <clears throat>
<laughs> and mm-hmm. yeah, it's not as satisfying, but that's satisfying. Yeah, I guess. Well, I mean, you probably have one of those old like uh, landlines around here somewhere. Big <laughs> corded phone you can just slam down. That's great. That's the best. <laughs> so, I guess just really briefly, mm-hmm. we can talk about a couple things that happened in wrestling this week. Sorry, <laughs> we weren't able to keep up with the chat. Like, we were we were hey, fully engrossed hey, in the moment. We had work to do. Yeah, there was there was work to be done. This stuff was important. And moving fast. Yeah. Um, I wanted to, I wanted to put it out there. Not that it, you're not important. That makes me sad. And they were moving fast too. I'm sorry. Jeez. NWA power is tremendous. I haven't seen episode two yet, but the first one is outstanding. Mm-hmm. Tightly compacted, one hour program, studio uh, format. It's just wonderful. Does it feel like 605 on a Saturday? It, it airs on 605 on Tuesdays on the Superstation. You understand? That's amazing. 605. I'm not kidding. 605 on Tuesdays. Uh, believe me, I understand that that's a nuance that they would find very important. And there it is. Mm-hmm. What's up? It it's just it's a really good show. Like mm-hmm. Joe went as far. I don't think Joe's still around. It's probably too late for him. But he his went, mind was blown. He had to go <laughs> lay down. He went so far as to say it was his favorite wrestling of the week. Between AEW Dynamite, between why and ex- because it was tightly compacted uh-huh. uh there was character uh-huh. there was character development and it was it was it was something different man and it was different like it was an old school aesthetic with today's wrestlers yeah and school, i've all, i've been a long time component or proponent of uh squash matches yes because they help a great deal yeah. uh i think it was like two squash <laughs> matches uh, an enhancement match, and then the main. Mm-hmm. Well, a, a, a brawl, and then the main. Perfect. You had microphone. You have mic Steve time for people versus a child. <laughs> I love that. Mm-hmm. Let's see a child get. That's a, we'll Don't stop finish that sentence. that sentence. Nope. So go out of your way. It, um, go out of your way to watch uh, NWA Power. Power. I have not watched. Dynamite, the second episode, which tells you something. Power. I'm not trying to be a dick, but that tells you something. Uh, NXT was tremendous. Uh, and then just kind of quickly touching on the draft. Okay. Um, Liv got drafted. Yeah, right. Look, look. Did you see her? Sort of. Did she show they up? Sh- they showed her em- image. They showed a render? Is it a new render? Old render? I think it was newer, but they played her theme. Which is, uh, you know, honestly, that's nice to hear. Yeah, because it's never been played on WWE television. <laughs> she just kicks in and was like, who the hell is this? Because she was, she came in with the Riot Squad, so she had <laughs> Ruse. Is Teddy Long back? This is great. No, no, don't. No, you don't need to play it. It's all right. They're, you're going to get a dispute. They're going to dispute. <laughs> Do you want another dispute? So I'm excited because okay. her getting drafted means... They have some sort of plan for her. Okay. Even if it's short term. Dude. She's going to get television time. Dude. Yeah. I don't know if you can make that guarantee. Yes, I understand. I, I understand that you want it to be. I understand that you need it to be. You, of all people, need it to be. Raw didn't draft that many women. Yeah, so we just traded stuff after the fact and weird stuff. Look, man. 
All I'm asking is for just a little bit of uh, suspension. Let me suspend disbelief because I'll, I'll do most of the work for you. Because mm-hmm. I'll go like, it's wrestle time. Yay. Let's watch the show. I will say this. The, the draft episodes oh. don't make for good TV. They really can. They really could. I guess. Man, you know, you know what I remember about drafts that I really liked back in the day? Hmm. Like, um, there was like one in particular where they had like the giant like room of like all the wrestlers like just sitting there, and they're all wearing like their different color things except for like some of the names like Undertaker's in the back, and this is like Biker Taker, and he got that was dra- the first one, and he got drafted, and he was pissed. Yeah. Guess what? That was some amazing character. Meanwhile, you got a whole bunch of other people in the room like, oh shit, that's great. Let me see, but that gets back to the overarching thing of let me see a new universe, man. Yeah. Let me see everybody kind of existing together. Don't just show me a render and just be like, hey, okay, they're over there now. It's like, were they over here? I liked that uh, they used Stephanie sparingly, like literally just for her role. She came out and said, hey, this, this, this. Mm-hmm. You know, not overly overdoing it. She exists, she but exists. she isn't the center of that universe. Yeah. That's all I want. That's good. I like that. But uh, what do you think about the whole Nikki Cross, Alexa Bliss thing? I mean, that, that tag teams could be drafted together, but those two got drafted individually and then traded back. As a tag team. As, as a tag team for some reason. I don't know, man. Uh, it seems like. Uh, I hope. It makes more room for Liv. I ho- <laughs> That's all you care about. I like it. Hey, one track mind. Um. I really hope they have plans going forward. I hope the drafts mean something. I hope. I think they have to. I really hope so, man. Fox. I I really hope so because I gotta tell you, man. Some of the best SmackDown television was when it was like, hey, "Here's our limited roster, and uh, we're gonna do some amazing stuff with it." And then all of a sudden, I get six months of that that fantastic Jinder Mahal, <laughs> and I was a happy dude. Mm-hmm. Jinder, yeah, this is gonna be great. Where's Jinder? Jinder get drafted. He did. He got drafted to Raw, but he's hurt. Or he's recovering. I'm sad. That makes me sad. But, oh, yeah, man. Give me those limited rosters so I can see all these people bounce off of each other. Mm -hmm. And uh, do something with those rosters, too. Yes. Move them around a little bit. Not everybody has to be on TV every week. Not everybody. Well, see, and this this is what I was going to say. What's that? Uh, I think that they just stumbled into like how they're going to do off seasons because you had the people who were drafted, mm-hmm. however many that was per per show, and then you had a couple people who got signed as free agents today to each show. Mm-hmm. Right? There's still plenty of people who didn't get either, and they may just be off of TV for a little while. That's fine. I'll let them show up. Let them show up anywhere. Then they can s- sign as a free agent. To Cesaro get picked up anywhere? SmackDown. Okay. Harper did too. Oh, where's Rowan? Rowan's on Raw. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> interesting. I, I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing it, what he's going to do on his own. I have no idea, but you know what? Uh, just do something. I don't just care do if something. Good, I don't care if it's good or not. I want to. He got this giant universe of characters. I want to see them all. Show me every one of them. And it doesn't take a whole lot to make me care, but I need to have some sort of presence. It's, it, it really doesn't take much. Even even a little thing like EC3 chasing that 24-7 title in the back. Guess what? Puts him in front of mind. If, he got drafted. Good. It, it Do was, something. It was off of TV, but he got drafted. So did uh, EY. I'll take it, man. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I feel like they could have done much more with the draft. 
but again, I, I like that big room full of people that it looks like it looks like an NFL draft where we've got the different teams going up with their representations and calling people up there and people. Be, I like the idea of somebody being pissed, or you're seeing groups get split up and they're like sad for a moment. Did we at least get to see Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross sad that they were being split up? No. No. Why not? They weren't on TV. Why? Why not? I don't know. I don't know. It seems easy, right? Yeah. Just give me a reaction. Just a little reaction. Like, oh, shoot, this is important. And then it's like, oh, they're, they're back together. That's cool. All right. Make it a re- <laughs> Then I get a little too far into the weeds. But it's like, eh. I don't know, man. I, I just feel like Are, it just we, doesn't Do make- we have new matchups? Yeah. All right. Just give them to me. Just give them to so me. So far, so good. They've 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 given us plenty of new matchups. Mm-hmm. So Kane Velasquez. And how about well, how about Samoa Joe being all professional? Like he was excelling in that role. Did you see him? No. What did he do? So, <laughs> Renee was hosting uh-huh. a, a draft panel during uh, both days of the draft, right. and it was book, it was Beth Phoenix, and Samoa Joe in a ca- pink cast. Oh, was he injured? Yeah. So he's recovering, uh, and he drafted to Raw, by the way. Okay. Uh, uh, hey, man, give him a microphone. Give him a mic, a mic and he'll get somebody over. Mm-hmm. Um, he was like top notch. I mean, you're putting a microphone in his hand, yeah. essentially. Yeah. So. Yeah, he's going to do some amazing stuff with it, and doesn't need long to do it. Almost like that. Hey, that's a, what an amazing role that could be for him at some point down the line. Hmm. Please don't retire anytime soon. And to that, please, please win all the titles. <laughs> to that effect, Mickey James has been doing commentary on main event, mm-hmm. and I'm wondering if they're prepping her to take over for whenever King finally leaves. Because King, King King's only there temporarily, right? So until uh, he doesn't want to do it anymore. Essentially, <laughs> seriously, it's hard to tell with King because <laughs> I can tell he like enjoys. He feels like he's. <laughs> it's weird. I kind of dig him and Dio together. Okay, let's discuss this team because this is this is one of the big takeaways I've had. You got Dio Madden, mm-hmm. you got Vic Joseph, mm-hmm. and you've got Jerry the King Lawler. Mm-hmm. Jerry the King Lawler is the shortest one in that booth by <laughs> by a mile. Yes, he looks like a small child, and it's like this is one of the world's heavyweight champions, King of Memphis. God damn it! There's <laughs> Dio Madden. Hello, hi. My hair looks like ropes. <laughs> That's delightful. And then there's Vic Joseph's. Like I don't know how I got this tall. I'm very sorry. They still they still seem a bit wooden, but man, they're trying. Mm-hmm. But I see King constantly, constantly giving little bumps, just waiting for someone to spike it. Mm-hmm. And it's like mm, swing, mm, yes. swing, and then oh, okay, hold on. But they're gonna get there. Yeah. But and you're coming from, you're coming from. You don't realize how good Renee and um, um, Graves uh, Gravy. And uh, and and uh, Cole were d- together. Mm-hmm. They were good, but we're all like, "Oh, we're still new." Renee's trying to find place. No, no, they were good. They were good out the gate, and they, of course, they had hiccups as any any new team will, and they got to find their way to play, and they found it. And then when he gets taken away, <laughs> ooh, miss it quite a bit. There's a big difference between uh, the new crew, but it's amazing to think they've got that much faith in, faith in Dio Madden and Vic Joseph that they're putting them right there because. I didn't think they were going to make that jump. I mean, that was one of the rumored things for quite some time, but you got other people that I would maybe put up there first. But that being said, nah, man, here, do sink or swim. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the, they're, they're professionals. They're going to they're gonna do everything they can to, to swim as hard as they can. Surprisingly. And King is going to – and it's fantastic to watch King as the el- elder statesman doing everything to feed them as many lines as possible. It's like, oh, you didn't catch that one? Here's another one. Go, 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 go. Uh, Dio had only started like – on 205 like a couple weeks before going to raw no right i mean obviously he'd probably been down at full sail i'm working sure on they it. put a microphone from him a couple times beforehand and just find some dude but damn but yeah that's like steep ass lear- learning curve and he's really coming in like he's definitely a different voice yeah like, and you can't tell me they're not up in their ears man oh of course and that's uh, hard to perform man I've got circus music playing in my headphones right now. I'm barely holding on, man. And there's no words to that. Except do 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 Those are words. <clears throat> um, and then Vic, he'd been doing NXT UK and 205 mm-hmm. for a while. It's interesting to see that Tom Phillips apparently has moved to 205 yeah. with Aiden English. The Tom Phillips was who I would see I thought would have been more of their like top prospect. Yeah. As far as the Michael Cole replacement. But I don't know, man. I, Let's see what Vic Joseph does. I gotta also say I I'm very glad King is there to help him out. Yeah. I'm very glad they didn't start straight away with the two man booth, because I mean that was the the thought was the two man booth. Eh, King may leave at some point. I like your idea that uh, uh, they may be joined by uh, Mickey and or Beth, but wow. the thought that the two of them could have been left alone on Raw. <laughs> yeah. It's like, dude. All right. It's like, hey, you just got your learner's permit. I want you to take out Grandpa's vintage <laughs> automobile. Uh, clutch is a little sticky. It's a, it's not an automatic. You can drive stick, right? Go for it, kids. Have at you now. Three hours. Go. Uh, Entertain us. I like how I hate how oh. Renee's gotten taken from the table, mm. but I love that SmackDown's a two man team now. It, that is a very double edged sword. Yeah, I hate that she got nipped in the bud, but she's moving to a position that she is she's happier with. You know, I liked her in the commentary role, but it's clear that that wasn't, that was just her job. She didn't have a passion for it. Mm. She's really good at that hosting role. Yeah. And so, like, she she really shines and excels there. So, you know, I'm happy for her. And again, like. It doesn't take away from her. No. I mean, it, there isn't there isn't a, a, a solid stated hierarchy for, for those roles. And honestly, those roles are kind of what you make of them. Mm-hmm. You can go in the commentary booth. Be the main dude and be totally lackluster. Nobody gives a damn about you. Meanwhile, Renee's has a glowing personality and does a fantastic job of engaging in creating a sense of uh, existence in this in the universe. Anywhere she is, anybody she's talking to, it feels real, mm-hmm. and that's impressive as all hell. She can excel in that role better than some are going to be able to do three hours on the desk, man. To that note, and uh, mm-hmm. be- before I head on out of here. Um, Joe to uh, Renee, he goes, it's nice to see that, because they were in Vegas, nice to see that you're here to help pay the bills and keep the lights on at your house. <laughs> I horribly paraphrased that, but I laughed I hysterically. Love, I love I love just an acknowledgement. Look, I always say this about companies, if and this applies to wrestling as much as it applies to any political candidate, hey, tis the season, and or uh, uh, any company out there. If you're spending the vast majority of your time comparing yourself to somebody other, some other company or some other individual, some other performer, or someone else in your field, you've immediately showed me that you're not as good as them. You feel you're not, and you're trying to be just a little bit better than them. And you maybe you are sometimes, but usually, nah, nah. 
probably not. So I love uh, WWE when they they can acknowledge without being like, uh, "Hey, those those guys are bad. Those we're not those people." But it's just still a little slight, like, "Hey, not only does this universe exist, there's other universes as well." And that's kind of interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Tee tee Inside joke. You're rewarded for listening. Tee <laughs> So. Hmm. Just one more time, I wanted to say thank you to Jimmy Jacobs for yes, that was sir. he gave us so much more time than I thought we we deserved. I know I felt like we were greedy, but at the same time, it's like, dude, I ain't stopping him. Well, it, the thing was, like, I'd ask a question and then like he would answer it, and then he would basically answer what I wanted, or like kind of. It's like he was leading me mm-hmm. to to the next question anyway. Yeah. I don't know if he was doing it on purpose or if we were just having. It's called a conversation, Justin. I've heard mm-hmm. of them. Never had one myself, <laughs> but I've heard of them. They're pretty interesting, I think. I guess. But he just kept leading me to. Oh man, now I gotta ask that. I gotta. Exactly. If we if we force him to answer just yes or no questions, he, he would have exploded <laughs> to a million pieces, and they would have uh, can uh, coalesced here in this room with us, smacked us, and then returned home to wherever home may be. But. Uh, I just I I like offering the alternative. Like we're a wrestling program for sure, mm-hmm. and we will talk ins and outs, nuts and bolts of professional wrestling on occasion when it suits. But that's just it. Like that's aren't all we are. And you should know that even the professional wrestlers, that's not all they are no, either. No, certainly not. And so it's nice to present a side of somebody that w- may have just been on your periphery. Mm-hmm. He should be. He's got a great pod. Yeah, Jim dude. Jacobs doesn't know. It's wonderful. Or else I wouldn't be saying it. You know, I, I definitely want to jump in there because it's just, there used to be, and this is a number of years back, like Colt Cabana's podcast mm-hmm. was fantastic. And I enjoyed it because it, it dealt, like, the Tommaso Ciampa episode is still one of my favorites of all time. Meant a hell of a lot to me. I don't know if it's still findable about there, but it's, again, seeing people as people. And this is the Jimmy Jake. Now that uh, Cole Cabana's podcast is gone, Jimmy Jacobs has taken that a step beyond mm-hmm. and said, "No, no, no, no. Hold on, you're going to listen to some growth today. Yeah. Let's have at you now." So must listens. Yes, Sami Zayn, PJ Black, Seth Rollins. I think they're all great, mm-hmm. but those three are must listens. How deep is his catalog at this point? I think he's like twenty episodes, maybe. It's not. It's not a lot. Like, well, no, you hit those hurdles, man. You know what those hurdles are. Yeah. What are those hurdles, Justin? Number three, number five, number <laughs> 10, number 12, and then, uh, yeah, right about uh, 16, 18. There. 25 is the one that came 20, out today. If you've made it 25, you're good. Yep. You're good. You're going to get to 50 and be like, well, this is what I do now. Here we go. Yeah. This is an important part of my life, and I do it. And it, it it's just a nice, nice look at... Because you, mm-hmm. you get to learn a lot about some guys that you probably don't even know about. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I feel he's really wants to put that perspective out there, too, and that it's not just wrestlers either. Everybody has that story. Mm-hmm. You can go and you can talk to anybody about anything, and you will get their perspective on it. And that's a, an amazing gift that just just sentience has, man. You can go and just say, hey, how are you doing? And they'll have an an- and that person will have an answer for you, and it's as deep as they want to make it, or as shallow as necessary for the m- for the moment's appropriateness. And uh, uh, he's well beyond the moment's appropriateness, and well deep into like no 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 no. Let's go a little deeper than that. How are you? <laughs> what are you? <laughs> How are you? How though? 
madness. Yep. And on the brink of madness is where brilliance always is, man. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh, he's circling that like a, like a madman. Tis great. Tis. That's it. Tis. Indeed, you did. I'm gonna kick your t- ass, <laughs> you jerk. <laughs> I'm not. You're all lean now. Look at this. Look at this handsome the man over here, rocking the shirt. That was like tight a month ago. What are you doing? Two twenty-four. Feels good. It's way later than that. It was like ten forty-four. Oh. Oh. Okay. Hey everybody, hashtag WrestlePals. Hi, how you doing? What do you know? Hmm? Oh, okay. I'm gonna get a run and start. Ready? <clears throat> hey everybody, I'm gonna get a waddle and start. Just don't laugh at that. Son of a. <laughs> Why did you do the visual? <laughs> Good night, everybody. He's a vegetable, you son of a bitch. <laughs> God damn it! Hey everybody, hashtag WrestlePals. Thank you for watching. If you think us dig what we do, why don't you participate? Follow along the Facebook. Uh, we usually do the thing live there. Facebook.com slash WrestlePalsVA. If you want to uh, support the show. Hey, no, no, no. no. Let's, let's get in the support part, okay? We should have got the cells in earlier <laughs> near the interview. Damn it. Uh, Patreon.com slash oh, hi, Justin. O-H-H-I Justin. See you later, Brian. It's, uh, it's uh, where you can support this show and a ton of other shows this dude's doing. Including interviews with children. It's okay. He's allowed to. Legally. We're not really, we don't call them necessarily interviews. We're just talking about their day. That's impressive. It's See, fun. look at you learning from Jimmy Jacobs already. You're like a step beyond. You're like, oh, you're talking to adults? I'm going to the source, sir. I'm going to children. This Thank you, be- Matt. But, hey. And uh, it supports hashtag WrestlePals. It supports Deprogram, the finest music show on the internet. Check it out. It's ridiculous. Lady Gaga tomorrow. Half game show, half friendships ending. It's amazing. Well, tune in, would you? You get the Ohio Justin Pod, daily dose of madness and the family, <laughs> and uh, you make him happy. Look at him. Look at him. Because of your support, he remains this handsome. I don't know. I don't. Know. I can't even believe that. I'm one. devilishly handsome now. All right. Look at me. Is it the horns? You know. Is it? Let's not make a big. We deal almost of it, got you know? through the whole damn show. Without one of those two idiots popping up. I should have busted out Norm when we still had Jimmy. Uh, Hey, uh, Jimmy Jacobs there. (coughs) (laughs) The video podcast... I'm just annoying people now. I'm sorry. Better hurry up, eh? Uh, The video podcast, you get get the entire back catalog, YouTube. Search for hashtag WrestlePal. Spell it out. If you don't want to see our ugly faces, if you don't want to see my ugly face and you, you can't take any more of this handsome over yonder... The audio version is available wherever podcasts happen to be, I don't know, podcasted. Hey, that make almost makes sense. If you want to get in touch with the show, uh, Twitter, at WrestlePalsVA, it's Justin. So why don't you just reach out to Justin uh, himself, at the Hulkster on Twitter. That's legit, at the Hulkster. Follow, and you will be rewarded every day, because he will tell you. Hashtag you the best. And you know what? He right. He right. I am. If you want to follow me on Twitter, <coughs> at the Nate Project, I see every notification and it weirds me out and freaks me out. Uh-huh. And uh, weirdly, it helps. <laughs> Thank you for that. Let's not get too real. Hey, everybody. Um, uh, we had any music yet? 
Yep. Have I said other things? I think so. Enough of them anyway, though, right? Uh-huh. All right. I got to go home. I got to poop. Hey! <laughs> That's my favorite part of the movie. I got to go take a dump. No, don't get me off of that. Goddamn hashtag Russell Pass. I lost my keys and my little doggy's bone. Thought I'd pick him up and I'm on camera home. But he a mean dog bit me in his spare rib. And I'll take him home and put him in the baby crib. Yeah, I don't know the words that AJ Styles. You know what you are? You're phenomenal. Phenomenal.